and how you got to be where you are today. I'm Ruby Sherry, and I'm a transformation specialist. I specialize mainly in my female training because I focus mainly on the mindset, but I also transform bodies, souls, and minds. I also program for males, but my main focus is on making females more confident, loving themselves, and in turn, getting the balance they need to seek the transformation of their lives. I I love this, and I I actually really like the fact that, you know, you you have been and I and I'd say it kind of goes in cycles because we've we've been connected on social media for um, a fair amount of time now and as I've been known to do I tend to just sort of follow people and see what they're about see what their mission is see how they deliver it and I really like what you've been doing but I, I want to start off with you first because I, I think what you've done for yourself really sort of opened up the doors for what you're able to provide for your clients and you are you know, I, I let me back this up just a little bit. When I think about um, my clients and certainly my female clients, many of them, uh, they, I don't want to say there's a fear of getting strong. Maybe there's a fear of lifting heavy weights because they're afraid, you know, I'm going to hurt myself or maybe they're afraid that they may get bulky and, and maybe that's not, you know, a goal for them, whether, whether it's, you know, good, bad or indifferent. And what I like about you is you um, you're very good at posting pictures of what you used to look like versus what you look like now um, and it is you know you're you're a small frame person and I'm and I'm with you I mean you were, we're in the small framed people club um, I've been mostly uh, an underweight guy for most of my life and so when I see what you looked like before you got into lifting and what you look like now it is a night and day difference. And it's not just my opinion, because when you post those before and after pictures, you pretty much break the internet. I mean, your your friends and our mutual friends are like, oh my God, I can't believe what you've done for your body. So let me, let me start this there. Tell me about what was happening in your life at the point where you said, okay, I'm, I'm gonna do something about this physique to make it closer to what I want. It all started off when I was pretty much, actually the thing that kicked it off was when I ran my hand through my hair and a whole chunk of hair came out with my hand and I was getting so sick of my hair just falling out, thinning out. And whenever I shopped, I was in the kids section shopping their clothes and I pretty much looked like a coat hanger sampling clothes. And it just didn't look attractive in the mirror and I didn't know what to do. And I was just lost in this cycle of feeling sorry for myself. But then a gym opened on the day of my birthday, right near my house. And I thought, okay, I don't need to drive to the gym. I don't have any excuses. It's right there. So I signed up for the gym and I set myself a realistic goal of getting there just two days a week. But the thing is, I was actually studying exercise and sports nutrition with a master's of dietetics in university. So everything that I was studying there, I put to use straight away. So I actually have my training book from the very first day and I was lifting three kilo dumbbells, nothing with a barbell because I couldn't even bicep kill a barbell. And that's when I realized that I really needed to make a change and I just kept 
pushing myself to the gym just twice a week, then I turned into three times, then I turned into four times, and I was just addicted to the results. And it wasn't until this male came up to me, took me off my little circuit that I was so routine to doing upstairs, which was pretty much like the women's section, but it had the weights where I was continually progressing myself. But he shoved me onto, I called it the man machine, and he just shoved on all these plates. And here I am, some little spaghetti noodle chick with plates loaded on a machine facing my face because it was a leg press with the 45-degree angle. And he's just like, just keep pushing. I'm going to help you. And I failed so many times on it. And I realized that I wasn't going to die. I was failing and I was enjoying it. I was getting sore from it. And I'm like, this is working for me. I'm seeing change. I'm getting stronger because I can actually do some reps by myself now. And that's what led me to believe that as soon as you change your mindset for the way that you see something and the way that you approach something and not fear failure, you can achieve pretty much anything you put yourself to. I want to I wanna stay on this uh, this failure part for a moment because I think this is really really crucial and I think that a lot of people overlook this or discredit it. So when you are working with your clients, I think that this fear of failure is a very real thing and I think it truly keeps people from progress. Like and it's not just so much, you know, what if I can't do it, but there's also that that belief that what if someone sees me not be able to do it. It's, you know, what, what, what do other people think about me? And I think that's, um, in many ways, what keeps a lot of people out of the gym to begin with is I don't want somebody to see me. Where, wherever I am right now, I'm not happy with it. And not only do I not want people to see me exercise, I don't want people to see me do it wrong or not be able to do it. And um, I, how, do you, how do you work with clients to get a better grasp on this, to actually see failure as a step towards progress? I have two very prominent examples, both in different aspects, actually. One of my girls was actually afraid to go to the gym. So we started off just doing little workouts at home because I sometimes write out little home body weight stuff. And then she's like, I signed up to the gym. I'm going to start going now. And then after about two weeks of just doing that, she's like, I'm getting gym anxiety. People are watching me. And it's occurred to me that this actually happens all the time because I see people posting about it on my social media feeds. But what they don't realize is that people go there to work on themselves. They're not really paying attention to anyone else. And you see them because they're too busy flexing their abs or their biceps in the mirror. But what I work with with them is t for me to be pretty much like a soundboard to voice all their opinions to me, which I do with them via voice messages as well. And we work through all of these things, like how we can beat it and putting ourselves in a position where we feel self-empowered, which I usually do with journals. So I say, why do you feel this way? What can you do to beat it? Or what can you do just to get you started to then start getting the confidence to go out into the more seen public areas of the gym, not just your little corner? And I do training video analysis as well. So if they're afraid of doing something wrong, there's me there to critique them. But at times they're still afraid to even set up the cameras because people are going to judge them. So I work on their level. So if they're not ready to yet video themselves, we work in just building their confidence and making them feel better in their bodies first 
Because once you feel better within, you can exude that out in the gym and you're not afraid to try things. So that's how we're still dealing with that issue. But she's getting so much better. She's going to the gym three times now. But she's sticking to the routine she knows until she has confidence to expand her horizons. So the key is working to the client, not working the client to you. And working with them on a personal level, not just cookie cutter plans that are going to scare them away because then they're never, ever going to dip themselves in it again because they're going to fear being rejected from someone they trusted, a coach. And then another example is one of my powerlifting girls. She was afraid of ever attempting the high weights. Like I would set them for her because she knew and I knew that she could get them. But as soon as she got to the gym, she didn't even attempt them because she didn't want to fail or she got people to be her supporter behind her and just let them do the work. But then as soon as she came to train with me and I showed her that she could fail and not die, she messaged me that afternoon saying, I love you. I can actually fail. And I love it. I love failure. And ever since that day, she has welcomed failure. And she actually competed last weekend and she got all her goals. She wanted that 110 squat. She squatted 110 before she could only squat 100. So that was a 10 kilo PB in like two months just from believing in herself. So it just goes to show how powerful the mind is and how powerful fear can be if you let it consume you. I want to come back to something that you said too because I'm I'm one of these people that this is something I actually discuss with a lot of my clients, certainly when we're just getting started and we uh, are in a consultation before they've ever you know paid me a dime to get started is the what what I believe is the strength of uh, having a journal. And for a lot of people, this is a very scary thing. Um, you know, I equate it to people who don't want to look at their bank account. Um, and, you know, most people want to be aware of, hey, how much money do I have to be able to do the things I want to do? But most people don't want to be very cognizant of their thoughts and of their diet to be able to make progress there as well, because it's a scary, it's a scary thing, can be a scary thing. And um, talk to me about how you help someone get closer to this process of journaling so that they can be more aware of their behaviors. Actually, when I do the consults with them first, that is the main thing I bring up. If I see that self-confidence and doubt is an issue, I get them to set up a pre-bed routine and a morning routine because I believe that the way that you start your day is going to set the tone for the rest of the day. So just even if it's just sitting with a coffee with a motivational book and just writing in one motivational quote, but putting in your heart to it and actually dwelling on it, you can even get thoughts from there and stem from that. And that's going to set the mode for the rest of the day. And then the pre-bed routine is what I get them to reflect on their days, the mini accomplishments they achieved, because then they're going to look on it and they're going to say, oh, that's where I was going right. That's the behavior I have to repeat. And if they're seeing themselves falling backwards, there again, it's going to be in that journal and they can pick trends out and they can actually talk to themselves and have this moment with themselves without the busyness that's going on in our lives and I've come to realize that once they got so used to the routine and everything's going good in their lives and they forget about writing in their journals they start cycling back into old behaviors so that's made me realize just how important it is to voice your opinion in that journal and actually 
look back on it, find what's working, what's not, and feed your mind just as you feed your body because you can't have a transformation without transforming the mind. And it all lies in that moment with yourself, the moment that you put power into your mind to control yourself and not let the outside world dictate everything because it there's like we all leave such busy lives it just gives you that voice of reasoning and i just find it so powerful i do it myself as well i i want to come back to something that you said because i think this is really really a big deal which is uh the trends and many times I think that we're completely unaware of them. You know, I when I talk to clients, it's I, I may I'll use this from a dietary perspective, but you know, if I've got a, a weight loss client who um, is struggling to figure out what's happening in the diet that they can't get control over, I will talk to them about the importance of journaling so that they can potentially see what a trend is. And the trends may manifest themselves in different ways, but let's just say you have a stressful job and you you know you have your breakfast in the morning or maybe you're a you know I skip breakfast kind of person whichever it is you have your lunch or maybe you skip lunch again it kind of depends on the person that you are but the trend that you start to find if you are good about you know logging these things is every day when you're at work at three o'clock you're running off to the to the snack corner and you're picking up Snickers or you're getting a handful of pretzels or whatever and I think a lot of times because we get so caught up in the commotion of our lives we tend to forget these little telltale signs that can actually open up um, a really good place for discussion to figure out, well, you know, you don't have to overhaul your diet. You just may have to take a slight detour uh, from the, the snack corner so that you're not, you know, going and raiding the vending machine every day at three o'clock and start to see those things. But, you know, as humans, we're uh, deeply flawed individuals and uh, I'm certainly <laughs> in, in that camp. But, um, it's, I think these kind of things are really very eye-opening. And I, again, it's one of those things that I don't think people give enough credit to that sometimes it's just these little tweaks that can help people uh, make the progress they want to see. It's all like we're so conditioned to stay in within our safety zones. We get scared to try like new things. And if we do start seeing change, it's like we're afraid of actually seeing progress within ourselves because we're so used to doing the same rut. So, yeah. So, Ruby, I, I know that I, I'm, I'm at a little bit of an advantage because you and I are on a Skype call and I'm able to to see, you know, the room that you're in and, and that kind of thing. But I want to bring up something that I think is very interesting. Um, you have not only been a physique competitor, but you are also, you know, on, on the heels of a, uh, a powerlifting competition. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But I want to talk about the pictures that I see on your wall of physiques. Tell me about why that is, why that serves to inspire you the way that it does. Getting myself to that stage requires so much mental fortitude, so much discipline, and it shows that I can put myself into anything that I put my mind into, which once again brings up the importance of mindset. The fact I could get myself to that stage and that level of leanness proves to me that anything that I can apply myself to fully and wholeheartedly and frame myself to believe in myself that I can, it's going to be achievable because I'm going to do everything I can to make it happen. So it just reminds me of 
that part of my personality where I'm just determined to achieve anything and I will achieve it if I set myself to that goal. So Ruby, let me ask you this. And again, there's a, there's a slight distance between, you know, what I can see and, you know, I, I can see, you know, a little bit of detail from what's on the wall, but is, are all of the pictures of things that you have done previously or are some pictures of other people where there's certain aesthetics that you're trying to get to? There's a mixture of a lot of the Olympia ladies when I actually went to watch the Olympia because they hold a physique of such strength and strength is something that appeals to me so much and you can tell that it's not just from sticking to the same routine in the gym but they actually push themselves to such limits and it just goes to show what you can achieve with your body when you allow yourself to push yourselves to those levels and it is achievable so I set myself to those expectations that I want to achieve something beyond what I am now. So I, th this again, this I, you're bringing up so many great things, but I want to kind of come at this from a couple different angles and not necessarily to play devil's advocate, but I, I'm actually genuinely uh, intrigued to find out how you feel about this. But, you know, on, on one hand, the, the first question I want to ask you is I have, uh, for, for frame of reference, I have a small coffee table in our studio. And there are some magazines that are on there. And I try to be very cognizant of the magazines that are there because I know that many people try to compare themselves to others. So I'll use I'll use guys as an example. Um, a guy may come in and because there's a new Thor movie, he may see Chris Hemsworth's uh, physique and go, I want to look like Chris Hemsworth. But genetically, that may not really be a possibility without doing uh, and ingesting some <laughs> some supplements that the average person may not be willing to ingest. Um, and Chris Hemsworth is a, you know, he is a very rich celebrity who this is his lifestyle is to, to you know to transform to a physique of this level to get that paycheck and play that role and that's not the average person so one thing that i want to ask you is where does using pictures like this uh serve as more of a detriment than a benefit and the second question that i want to ask you is i would like to hear it more from your perspective because you live it and you have to coach it but what are the sacrifices, um, you know, the struggles that it takes to get to these places? It takes so much time as one of the sacrifices. Like you need to put time into giving time to your mind. Like I said, your mind is everything. You need to make sure you get the sleep, the recovery, because a bad night of sleep can impede you so much. You need to put time into your food, time into your training, and you need to set yourself realistic goals along the way, which is where the pictures can actually serve as a detriment because you don't know their backstory. You don't know how long it took them to get there, and you don't know the struggles that they've been going through themselves. So you need to set your sights on one goal, but allow the methods to get there to be flexible. As long as you know what you set yourselves to, you can't just say, I want to be this person without knowing what does that person do every single day to be that person? Because you need to do those same things every day to get to that level. You need to know, like, 
not so much their life, but you need to know what they encompass, like what they encompass in their minds, like their thoughts. Do they fear failure? No, they don't. They push themselves and you see them pushing themselves. You see them training hard. So what does that person do that you need to do to get to their level? That's the way that I want my clients to see these people. Like, what does it take to get to that level? Be that person by encompassing their characteristics, like their mindset. See that they don't fear failure and practice that daily. It's what you practice daily that counts because you can do something amazing one time and not get anywhere because you just did that once. But if you do a lot of small little accomplishments, you're going to get there. I say that success is a sprint because you just need that little burst of motivation and to see what that little burst of motivation can do. And then the rest is a marathon. Like I actually said on my po- like on a post on my wall the other day, the motivation in that sprint is in sowing the seeds. Watch those seeds grow and you will see the harvest it will reap. All you need to do is prune those daily, prune out the weeds fertilize the good seeds and you will see what opens up to you once you actually focus on the daily happenings of your garden but it all stems from that burst of motivation that burst of success that it took to start that garden i i like that Uh, ruby let me let me ask you this too if you because obviously you are immensely determined you know like uh, and uh, again being connected with you on social media and having watched your work for quite some time um, motivation is not anything that you're lacking but I'm gonna allow for a moment that maybe you are an exception and not a rule Um, so let me kind of paint this as uh, you know a hypothetical because you probably dealt with something like this Um, I'm gonna speak in pounds I know that you're gonna kind of take this in kilos but um, you have a client, uh, you know, a new client, and this client has, let's just say it is a lofty, ambitious goal of losing 60 pounds. And you talk to them about what it's going to take for them to get to their goal. And like a lot of people, they come in, they're great guns, they're ready to rock it out, and, and things are moving pretty smoothly until they're not. You know, if this person had more of your mindset, they'd get to the 60 pounds, they'd make it work, it would be that kind of thing. But let's just say this is a married woman working a full-time job with three kids and all this kind of stuff, and they hit that wall where they say, I, I think that this is going to be too difficult for me. And so as the coach, you have a couple, you know, couple routes that you can go. You can either push them and push them and push them to get them to their original goal, or you allow them to maybe um, meet in the middle and go, you know, 30 pounds is still a really, really great place to be, 30 pounds down. So you're halfway to your goal. Maybe you get the other 30 off, maybe you don't. But how do you keep that person from being so completely discouraged that they just, you know, uh, don't give up on themselves? The first thing I would ask is why? Why are you struggling? What is stopping you? What is happening in your everyday environment that is impacting on your thoughts and your words to me right now? They might bring up the fact that they have a busy life, they can't fit this in, they can't fit that in, that they've never brought up before. So then I say, okay, so how can we make this work so that we are working together 
and not fighting something that's not going to budge because if you're coming home, you okay, you can get your breakfast, you can get your lunch, and you can get your snack perfect, but as soon as you come home, if there's something stopping you from getting the rest of the meals perfect because let's say you need to run off with the kids to an extracurricular activity, then we're going to need to make something that's simple, like a quick thing of already pre-made rice and tuna if it fits within their diet plan and still puts them in a deficit it's going to get them to their goals but then you run into clients where they've been dieting for so long that their body has just adapted to becoming more efficient with using the energy that you're giving it that their everyday expenditure has just dropped so what i encourage them to do is to be okay with where they are right now and focus on their goals within the gym, their performance goals, and to allow themselves a break to refresh and recycle their diet plan to a point where we can actually bring up their calories for a little bit, bring up their performance, and fuel their metabolism by actually feeding it the performance it needs to then pick up its like energy expenditure, pick up its strength, pick up its metabolic need to feed the muscle, so then we can start the diet again and recycle the whole deficit process again, but from a higher standpoint. But they need to be okay within themselves and be okay with changing their focus from body confidence goals, body obsession, and body image issues to focusing on how do you feel right now? How are your clothes fitting right now? Look at how far you've come. And it's normally at this point where they're feeling really low that I pull up a picture from the past with one of their present photos and say, Look at the change you've made so far. You are capable. You just need to take one step back so then you can continue 100 steps forward. It may not be 100 in one week, and it may not be next week. It may not be the week after, but it's going to happen because look what you have accomplished. So by putting things into perspective and showing them what they've already accomplished and giving them something else to focus on, I find that it actually gives them a little bit of motivation If they're stubborn at first, you just keep giving the tiny little nudges and then they'll start saying, I'm loving the food that I'm eating now. I'm able to be more creative. I'm loving the strength that I find within my sessions now. And it just all works out and you can start the diet process again once they're at that happy point. So. I love it. That's a that's a wonderful approach. Ruby, I'm going to turn this back to you for a moment because as we speak today, um, you are days away from a powerlifting competition, which you have been very kind to post videos of your progress along the way. And I want to just kind of put this up as a, again, a frame of reference for people who are listening. And I've, I've got my calculator here because I know that you're probably going to mention these things in kilos. And for those of us in America who aren't quite as well-versed in kilos, I'm going to break it down to pounds. So if you could uh, just enlighten me for a moment and tell me um, a, a few things. Number one, what, uh, what is your current weight class that you're going to be competing in? What are the lifts that you're shooting for hitting respectively in, in a deadlift, squat, and bench so that I can kind of rattle these off and give people an idea what you are capable of? I'm aiming for the 56 weight class, so I have to weigh in under 56 on Sunday. And I'm aiming for a one, aiming for a 160 deadlift. If I can get 165, I'll be stoked. I got a 155 in my test a week, so there's a little bit of leeway there. 
And in squat, I got 125 in test a week. So I'm aiming for a 130. And in bench, I'd be happy with a 75 kilo bench. I got 72.5 in test a week. So I'm just going to tell myself it's lightweight and hope that I get it. (laughs) And let me just kind of break these numbers down for a moment for listeners who, you know, hopefully if they're if they're driving, they're not trying to pull out their calculators as well, uh, or you know, switching to multitask on their phones. But uh, Ruby, you were you were looking to compete uh, at about 123 pounds. You are shooting for a 352 pound deadlift, a 286 pound squat, and a 159.5 pound bench which is that's stunning um how confident do you feel going into this actually feeling pretty confident because i got a 125 squat which astounds me so i'm confident well i i just think that's amazing i mean it is it is obviously a testament to how focused you are in training um i know it hasn't been an easy process for you because you've had i don't want to say some hiccups along the way but you've definitely had you know your your body's been talking to you so you've had some some little signs of hey you know we're, we're definitely pushing the meter on this but i just think it's incredible the numbers that you are um aiming for and can i also ask your height i'm only 155 wait 156 centimeters tall so five foot two Five foot two. Okay. Well, either way, just massively impressive. You're like a little tank. I mean, you're you're just that. That's amazing. The the strength that you have. So, um, so we're days away from competition. I do want to wish you the very best of luck because, um, when this episode comes out, I believe you will have already competed. Uh, so I want to wish you the very best of luck ahead of time. But uh, this was just a phenomenal conversation. You had so many incredible tips that I hope more people can tune into because I think, and I'm going to talk to the listeners for a second, I think that if you listen to this maybe two or three different times to kind of soak up a few of the things that Ruby says, uh, there there are some really crucial elements to success that you can't overlook, and this is why. Ruby, not only are you successful, but your clients are succeeding as well. So my hat is off to you. Um, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you want to make sure you leave listeners with? Don't be afraid of failing. It's that important. I'm just going to say it again. Don't fear failure. Embrace it. I, I love it. Where can more people connect with you and learn more about your work? On Facebook, I'm under Ruby Sheree and Ruby Sheree Transformation Specialist for my business page. And on Instagram, my personal account where I post all my motivational stuff is Ruby Sephora, like the makeup store, underscore figure. I love it. I'm going to put a lot of this stuff into the show notes. Ruby, it was such, such a pleasure. I I actually am am not too upset that I had to wake up and do an early, early, early show because it was totally worth it. You are an inspiration, and I just am so looking forward to all the great things that you will continue to do. Just very, very impressive. So thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. For those of you listening, hope you have an opportunity to download, subscribe, share with your friends. And if you have an extra moment, please leave us an iTunes review and we will catch you next time.